Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Well, good morning and welcome to the Vineyard. We're glad you've chosen to join us this weekend, whether you're here or one of our other campuses, maybe watching on live. Have the privilege of continuing in our series, Beyond Blessed, and what a good series this has been. I've learned a lot. I hope you have. It's changing my life patterns, and um, there's never anything boring about learning God's great plans, especially as it applies to us and how we can walk in the abundance that he talked about. But we want to look at now that we're blessed, how do we go beyond just being blessed personally? How do we bless other people? How do we take what we have to be what the Bible would call blessed to be a blessing? And so I think most of us know we have that kind of responsibility. We know we have it personally. We know we have it corporately. But how? Always a challenge, isn't it? Well, today I want to share a story and a direction I think the Holy Spirit has given us, has shown us a path forward. At the same time, we want to launch what is our annual One Day to Change the World offering. Our goal for that offering is 100000 but I'll give you all the details, all that good stuff as we go through the message. To start, I want to take you back to 2005, and that was the year that Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans in the south down in the Gulf area. It was absolutely slammed, devastation, destruction everywhere. I looked on the internet, said there were over 1,800 deaths. Losses were over 100 billion. It was just a simple mess. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois is part of a larger group of vineyards. There are 600 vineyards in the USA. And I was on the board of the leadership of the vineyard at that time, and we decided we had to do something. Everybody was clamoring, let's get involved, let's make a difference. So we came up with a brilliant idea called Vineyard Mercy Mission, and it was an organization of our churches that was going to make a difference in places like Katrina. And we gathered money from churches, we grabbed a lot of people who were willing to volunteer, we bought equipment, supplies, and we did a reasonable job down in that area. But did you ever notice that disasters have a unique habit of going all around the world? And so I think the next major disaster that year happened to be in Iowa. Well, we didn't have any way to get our equipment from the New Orleans area to Iowa, so now we're up a creek without a paddle. And we realized, what are we gonna do? And other disasters start hitting around the country. We began to realize we were simply too small of organization to try to put together a sideline ministry called Mercy Mission that would make a difference. So we graciously pulled the plug and realized we'd had a great motive, just not a very well thought out plan. We ran over our heads and we were back thinking, how are we going to do this? Because everybody that reads the Bible and has the Holy Spirit in them knows that God loves the poor. Proverbs, uh, Psalms 41.1 says that God always blesses those who are kind to the poor and the helpless. They are the first ones God helps when they find themselves in any kind of trouble. That's a great verse, isn't it? 
So God's heart is for those who are poor and helpless. Certainly the people of Katrina and other disasters would fit that poor and helpless. But the ones who help them are the first ones that God's going to help when they're in trouble. Um, If there's a line forming to have that verse come true, I'm getting in the line. All right? It just makes sense. That's the way God works. But how are we going to do this? You know, there's between 7 and 8 billion people in the world. And if you're connected to your phone on any level of social media, you watch television news or you read the newspaper like we older folks do, it's a disaster out there. Uh, The last 24 hours, we've had some mass shootings. You can always read about poverty. You can always read about natural disasters. There's sickness like Ebola going through Africa right now. It's like, I'm getting to the point where I just want to turn everything off. I don't want to hear any more stories, because every time I hear a story, I think I probably ought to do something, and I can't really get emotionally attached or do anything personally in every place I hear about. We get what's known as disaster fatigue. We hear so many stories, we don't want to hear any more. Anybody agree with me? It's like, that's enough. Turn it off. And we think that'll solve, but that won't solve anything. They're still going on out there, and we still have responsibility. Acts 20, 24, one of my favorite life verses says this, our lives are worth nothing unless we use them for finishing the work assigned us by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God, which includes the life-saving message of eternal life. It includes helping the poor, healing the sick, setting captives free. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what we're sent to do. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to get out there and do this stuff. How? Holy Spirit, help. You know, that's the famous prayer of the vineyard. And so right after we pray, I'm going to tell you how the Lord led us into a very positive direction that'll make a difference. Father, in Jesus' name, you are absolutely the best. You care about all of us. You've blessed us. You've asked us then to be a blessing. Show us how that works. Open the word, show us a pattern and a plan that we can all be involved in and make a difference in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said at the beginning, our message today is entitled, One Day to Change the World. It's both the message title, it's the offering title, which, by the way, has a great connection to our stated purpose around here, our stated mission, is we want to change the world. Notice how those two link together with Jesus by continuing his ministry here, near, and far away. Now, when I don't know what to do next, I ask a lot of questions. I ask everybody that I think might have an answer. One of my best things I ever learned is just ask, 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 keep asking. Not everything you hear is going to be helpful, but keep asking. Don't ever feel bad about asking questions. But start cataloging. What am I hearing? What am I hearing consistently? So when we didn't know what to do, I asked some vineyard pastors, what are you doing? The answers always kept pointing back to a group called Convoy of Hope. You know, what's Convoy of Hope? What do they do? Who who are they? I was introduced to some some of the Convoy leaders. I liked them. I heard the Convoy vision. I thought, this looks like a good organization. They really want to partner with churches. They want to be the action arm, they were what Mercy Mission was, but they were better thought through, they were bigger, more organized, they were ready to do it. And I thought, well, will it work at our church? Is it what we need? 
We tried it for a year, and then I went to a convoy meeting, and I had a life-changing event that made me see it as something we need to do permanently around here. It just is a really good organization. I had a chance to meet an individual that his story changed my life. I don't know if you recognize that individual. That's David Green, the owner, founder, CEO of Hobby Lobby. After I tell you this story, you're probably going to want to run right out to Hobby Lobby, although you can't today, it's Sunday. But you're probably going to run out and be an avid Hobby Lobby supporter. Here's the story. This was such a divine encounter. Di and I got to spend 45 minutes with him. There were six of us in the group. It's like... How do you do that? Just only God could orchestrate this. And we said, tell us your story. And he said, well, you know, we were married. We didn't know what to do with our lives. And so one day we decided to put picture frames together in the 70s in their garage. Can you imagine that Hobby Lobby garage picture frames from a garage? But he said, we'd always been active members of a church. We were giving our first fruits, the first 10% we were giving to the church. And I was going around the country telling everybody, you know, you can't outgive God. He's really generous. And one day God asked him a question that changed his life. The question went, why do you say you can't outgive God? I don't know how you would know since you only give 10%. You know, that would make me kind of swallow hard and uh, think, wait a minute, what's the next part? Well, he took it back to his family. They're very devout, uh, devoted Christian family. And they said, okay, let's take God up on his challenge. They said they would keep tithing, keep giving the first fruits to the local church, and add on top of that 40% more and get up to 50% giving. And I thought, oh, wow. He said through the process, God showed him God owns everything. Haven't we been teaching that? God's the owner. We're the stewards. God said, I want you to give 50% of everything that you earn into the kingdom. So he had to be a wise steward and a generous giver. In the process, he found Convoy. He's become one of the biggest supporters of Convoy, and he supports numerous other children's ministries around the country. In fact, he's just totally, totally generous. But a couple of things. The secret to his life, God owned it. He was generous. He stewarded wisely. And God began to show him that if he'd direct his resources, he would give him even more. That's what's known as the little big principle out of Luke chapter 16. If we do well well in little things, God will promote us to do bigger things. Very important principle in everything. By the way, every time you shop at Hobby Lobby, you can be assured half the profit is going to Convoy or wherever else is a good ministry. They vet them very well. And um, again, just one little tidbit. He said his sales are over $5 billion dollars. After he's given away half his income, he's still as profitable as the top three countries, companies making over $5 billion in sales. Now, only God could do that. And not open on Sundays. Isn't it ironical? Chick-fil-A's not open on Sunday, and they're very profitable. Hobby Lobby's not open on Sunday, and they're very profitable. You think maybe God has some wisdom in this? I don't know. Now, we're not all going to be at David Green and own Hobby Lobby, but I saw something. Wise stewardship, generous giving, letting the Lord as owner direct our resources, we can have a big impact in the world. And so um, we decided we're just going to partner up with this convoy. We're going to make them uh, 
the teammate that we've been looking for to help us get into the world and do some things. Here's a video that gives you a broad scope picture of who Convoy is. For years, people around the world and right here in our own communities have turned to one Springfield, Missouri-based organization in their time of need. For some, it's been a meal, a drink of water, emergency supplies, and delivered to them by someone from Convoy of Hope. Hal Donaldson, the founder and president of Convoy, distributed the first bags of groceries out of the back of a pickup truck nearly 25 years ago. And since then, Convoy of Hope has added a fleet of semi-trucks, the expertise of industry leaders, and the hard work and joy of tens of thousands of volunteers, all focused on one mission, bringing hope to people in need. Today, Convoy of Hope feeds more than 177,000 children in 11 countries. They've trained more than 10,000 women and helped them start businesses and have instructed more than 16,000 farmers in agriculture best practices, enabling them to provide for themselves and their families. In addition, Convoy works with cities and churches all across the U.S. to host community events. All around the world, the results of Convoy of Hope's disaster relief work have been nothing short of amazing. From ground zero after 9-11, to an earthquake and tsunami in Japan, and then back to New York after Superstorm Sandy, Convoy of Hope has been there when we've needed them. Every year since 2002, Convoy of Hope has received the highest possible rating by industry watchdog Charity Navigator, putting them in the top 1% of charities rated when it comes to financial health, accountability, and transparency. It's because of that reputation that others have joined the cause. Hey guys, it's Day here. Hi, I'm Drew Brees. Convoy of Hope is here handing out coats, blankets, food, water. Real help for real victims. So much help with Convoy of Hope. Not yeah. the first time we've seen them in action. Yeah. They are there when you need them. For nearly 25 years, hope has been delivered to more than 100 million people in 115 countries all around the world. An incredible story with many chapters yet to be written. Well, that's a good video. I especially love the little part in there where they handle their money wisely and have a very high rating. It's one of the things that I take very uh, much, uh, I pay attention to, is this a place that we get a bang for our buck? And so I, I think they do a great job. Let me elaborate for a few minutes on the four areas why we really, really like them. First of all, disaster relief. That was our number one thing we signed up for. What do we do when a hurricane hits? You know, it was hard to mobilize. You can't mobilize a church this size. Oh, you could send a team, but it really doesn't involve all of us. How do we get a partner that's out there every day? And so they've been all over the, the, the country on disasters. How about the fires out in the West Coast last year, out in California? They were out there working that tirelessly. Uh, water and food and housing, tornadoes here in the Midwest. They've been all over. They're working with refugees. They've been in various countries like Syria and Lebanon, those areas, but right now they're also working down on the Mexico border with the refugee problem. A few years ago, there was a water problem in Flint, Michigan, and they um, went up there, and it was interesting. Two young guys in church heard about it about a week after this thing and said, how come you haven't said anything about the water issue up there? And I said, 
Oh, well, do you know we've been there since day two? What do you mean we've been there? You haven't said a word. No, our partner convoy was there on the second day. They had water in there. See, they can respond quickly. We can't, we couldn't, it would take us a week to hear about it, a week to think about it, a week to pray about it, a week to organize it, a week to load the truck, another week to get there. And by that time, they've died of thirst, right? Okay, so it's great to have a partner like Convoy. Ironically, CNN, which isn't known to put Christian things on its broadcast, the CNN broadcast team got involved handing out water and put it on showing them working with convoy in the name of the Lord. You know, God can do some sneaky things. Disaster work in the last 12 months for convoy, 21 U.S. disasters, 19 uh, worldwide disasters. How would you like me to come to you every time there's a disaster and say, we need a new offering? That doesn't make any sense, does it? So we have one offering a year, and we have partners 365 days a year. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Second of all, I love their agriculture enhancement. I'm a firm believer the secret to America is its agriculture. I know most of you don't understand that, but we eat cheaper than anybody, any place in the world. It's just amazing. Our farmers have done a good job. The university specialists have done a good job. The extension people bring it for the university of the people. Now, convoys learn to take that kind of uh, thing over into other countries. They're making new kinds of seeds that grow in dry, con- dry climates, for example. They're, they're showing them new techniques. They're bringing uh, food uh, levels up in these areas. It's making a big, big difference. They have one guy on their staff that actually has a PhD in agronomy, but his name's hard to speak, so he's affectionately known as Dr. Dirt. Goes around the world teaching people how to grow things. And it, it's phenomenal. The third thing, they do women's empowerment. Die and six ladies from this church went to Tanzania a few years ago to watch firsthand how they work with particularly women in these countries to teach them um, how to build a business. Did you know that 95% of the money given to a woman who has a family gets into the family? And I'm sad to report that the amount they give the same amount of money to the men, it doesn't show up in the family at near that level. So women, good job. Men, we have some work to do. (laughs) It's embarrassing to report that statistic. And that statistic is not only Convoy, uh, Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife, uh, uses that statistic, and they believe that's true. So uh, I'm just proud of what they do. They teach identity in Jesus Christ. So many of the women in other countries have been depressed or even... Uh, in multiple marriages, you know, like the, the guy they're married to might have three or four wives. They're, they're somewhat mistreated. Teach them who Jesus is and help them grow up. And then fourthly, they do children's feeding and schooling together. They don't just feed children, which can be a dark hole just in itself. They do it in schools so kids are not both learning and growing and it, it just, it's exciting to watch. I want you to see one more video of Convoy. It's about a little boy named Baraka that's in the agriculture program, but you'll see women's empowerment and you'll see a school in there in this video. My name is Diana. I want to tell you about my friend Baraka. I call him my Baraka. Baraka is hardworking, loving, 
caring and always put a smile on his face. I was little when my dad passed away. I don't remember him. My mom worked breaking stones so that we could eat. She would do anything to make sure that we had food. Every day of their lives in the sun, when it rains, so it's really, it's a very hard job. Last year, we joined her to the ag program. She used to have a very big smile. She was like, I can do this because I know how to take care of anything concerning with farming. It felt so good having my mother take care of me. She was a very cheerful lady, wonderful, hardworking, and everyone here in our small town loved her. But one day, mom was in an accident. She was hit by a motorbike. After two days, she passed away. I felt like I had lost the most valuable thing in the world. I felt like I didn't deserve to live anymore. I was so depressed. And then I told my brothers and sisters, we have to do something with our lives so that people won't say that our mother didn't raise us well. So I started with one chicken, and the people from Convoy came and trained me, and the number kept growing. The business that the mother started, it's flourishing. Diana taught me how to plant vegetables, and soon I started selling some of it and bringing the others home to eat. The Convoy of Hope Agriculture Program, it's now feeding the whole family through Baraka. After doing all of this, Baraka did not drop out of school. Baraka has taught me never to lose hope. He trusts God. I pray, and I know that God leads me in the best way. God knows what's coming in the future, and He sees beyond our circumstances. He leads me in the right way. When my mother passed away, I had to do what she did for us. Meeting the people from Convoy of Hope saved my life. We work with the people who need to have hope. Your help is very important to help other people like Baraka. You are one day of kindness transforms my everyday. That little boy, I expect big things out of him. He's a go-getter, isn't he? Well, they're just, they just do good work, and uh, it's exciting to partner with them. Some of you men might want to get involved with that in a trip to, over there uh, to one of their countries, or, or women get involved. Again, what we really love, we have a partner all year with one offering. Pastors love it. People love it. It allows you to be wise stewards with your money. It also helps us fulfill, you know, our mission statement talks about here, near, and far away. Here is here, you know, central Illinois. But near, we define basically as the USA, and far away is everything in other countries. So our goal with Convoy, we said 100000 for the entire offering. We want to give Convoy $50,000 of it. We've done that for the last uh, five years, and I'd like to see it continue. I think that it's a wonderful, wonderful way to go. But where else are we going to put the other 50000 Well, we have some really exciting things that we've found. Um, for years, I've known about a movement 
and just become more interested in it recently called the 4 to 14 window movement. It's an exciting umbrella organization that works with child evangelism around the world, providing resources and uh, equipment and training and helping get these uh, young people into the kingdom. If you want to change a nation, start with its children, right? Change them the way you want them to go. You know, it's been said God has no junior Holy Spirit that he gives to the kids. He gives them the same Holy Spirit. He changes their life. He equips them. And if we want to change uh, lives, 70% of everybody ever saved was saved between 4 and 14. Scary thought, isn't it? What are we doing about our kids? So they're having an amazing worldwide impact. It's led right now by two of our uh, good vineyard friends, Rick and Becky Olmstead. They have been national vineyard leaders, served with Di and I for 30 years, have run children and youth programs for all 30 years, as well as pastoring in Fort Collins, Colorado. Here is a comment that they, they gave us a short video that I think you'd enjoy. Good morning, Vineyard family. We are Rick and Becky Olmstead, and we've been leaders in the Vineyard movement for the last 30 years or so, and leading a church in Fort Collins for 37 years. But now God has given us a new assignment leading the global 414 window movement. You may be wondering what exactly is the 4 to 14 window? Well, that's a time period in a kid's life when they're most receptive to coming to know Jesus between the ages of 4 and 14. In fact, if you got a room full of adults together and asked them when they made a commitment to Christ, over 70% of them would say between the ages of 4 and 14. We're so excited to be part of what God is doing all around the world, and we get to advocate on behalf of kids to churches in in all sorts of countries, and we get to come alongside them and resource them and help them reach kids and share God's heart with the world. A great picture of, of what we believe this is all about is we had a gal in our church who was dying of cancer and being diagnosed that the end was near. And so we gathered together at a night of worship and healing, and we only had the kids pray. And one of the kids who prayed was a four-year-old girl named Faith. And she prayed for Sarah, simple prayer, Jesus, take cancer away. Well, Sarah goes back to the doctor that week, and the doctor says, I can't explain this, but you're cancer-free. There's no cancer left in your body, and we can't explain it. And so this is a picture of generation now. It's not about the next generation. It's God is raising up a generation right now. I can't think of a better way to invest our time and energy than pouring into the kids of today. Yeah, we invite you to join us on this journey of raising up a generation to change the world. Amen. That's another good video. You see, the work that Convoy does and the work that 714 does really fits perfectly. Convoy is working more in the physical realms. Here comes 714 window bringing salvation to the kids. If we can get kids in love with Jesus Christ, think how the world would be different. I know this much, what we're trying right now hasn't been working so good worldwide, and there's around somewhere between one and two billion kids that fit that category that we're going to need to reach. So that is an exciting endeavor. Another thing we're doing, uh, we've opened a new ministry the last two years in the Ivory Coast of Africa. It's a country over there that um, is on the west side of Africa. We're using something called disciple-making movements, a brand new, it's, not, it's actually ancient, but it's really gotten popular again in the last few years. We're using native people to spread the gospel rather than sending Americans and foreign people in. 
They're going from village to village sharing, particularly in Muslim areas, we're having great, great success. We're working with a group in Tennessee, and um, I think we've seen about 2,000 salvations in the first two years. So it, it's very, very exciting. Jim and Vicki Ogley uh, moved off our staff a, a year ago to give their lives to writing the materials for the disciple-making movement worldwide. And in addition to uh, us being involved in hiring some people to go around, we are providing motorcycles. Here's a picture of one of the motorcycles that we, we buy. And somebody wrote Vineyard there. See it on the gas tank? And uh, it's, just, it's just fun to watch what people are doing. Uh, these people are so excited. They, they can get a motorcycle for about $1,000. We need a, a, a used a van or SUV. The roads, they aren't paved roads, they're rocky roads. It's kind of a mess, and uh, we got to get around over there. So we're just trying to help that get going. I think it'll be exciting. We have some other missions work we're doing in, in uh, Mexico. Of course, we're still working in Asia. We've opened up the area of Mongolia, which I think is interesting and exciting. Uh, ben Ito, one of our worship people, his father had contacts there. See, the Spirit just keeps leading us places where we can make a difference and, 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 and touch things. Amazing things are happening. We need to go with the Spirit, partner with them, take the gospel, the good news. We've been blessed to be a blessing. How are we going to go there? A couple other things I think we'll be involved in. Uh, we have developed some of our own disaster teams, um, and we want to develop some more. We want to plant churches throughout central Illinois go across. We want to do more work about uh, developing people that will be ready to go and, and train up as far as then not only church planning, but in the disaster. We just have a whole bunch of areas that we can put things in. And the extra 50,000, first 50,000 to convoy, the next 50,000, we'll ask the Lord, how do you want to divide up among these other ministries? There are all ways that we can touch the world near and far away as we go, all right? I think it's going to be exciting. So again, in summary, our main partner is Convoy. There's one offering. It's called the One Day to Change the World offering. It has uh, an opportunity to make a big difference, not only uh, in, in our lives personally, but in this church's life. The contacts, the blessings, and the things that God gives us are going to go far and wide. Bottom line, it's an issue of realizing God's the owner, we're to be wise stewards, and to give generously. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for letting us talk about this one day to change the world offering. I know that you have plans way beyond us. You have people that are waiting to receive the gifts and the things that we send. Lord, I, I also pray for Convoy, that you would give them great wisdom to use our money well purposefully and make a huge difference. Change the world that we live in. Lord, bring uh, thousands and thousands of people into the kingdom through these dollars. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.